Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Welcome back. It's hour two for us on this, which is day two of the draft, rounds two through seven. They're actually just about to start round five. The Sabres have added four players to the fold already. Anton Wahlberg, Maxim Sturback, Gavin McCarthy, and Ethan Miedema. But we are adding, Marty, to our arsenal of guests and content additions in the form of James Finch from AFP Analytics because you know what? It's contract season. So it's one thing for us to sit here and project yes. what a player might make, either in the days before unrestricted free agency or certainly on and after July 1st. James Finch, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good, guys. Thank you for having me. Give us a little background on James Finch and AFP Analytics and what you're getting into with projections for contracts for hundreds, if not thousands, of potential NHL players. Yeah, so uh, to, I'll start with a, a brief background on uh, AFP analytics. So it actually stems from what is AFP tax. Uh, that was created by Alan Pogreshevsky, um, and it's essentially a tax business that helps out professional athletes but really anyone that works in the sport business, uh, taxes can be a bit tough to deal with, uh, needing to pay in different uh, states. So we branched off slightly, did AFP analytics, and um, we're getting into the contract business of trying to project out what could certain players get on the open market. Um, and, we really try and dive deep here and there sometimes with specific players and do more of a thorough analysis. But for the past half decade, we've been able to have a pretty solid list of uh, all the free agents uh, each offseason. Now, because you guys started and are rooted into income taxes with professional athletes, when you do your projections, do you take in consideration all that is you know, New York State versus Florida versus Tennessee versus California. Um, it, it Does it matter that much when it comes down to the numbers at the end as much as people like to think? So I would say from a projection perspective, uh, if we're looking at an, an extension for a player, maybe it could. 
Um, but when we're projecting for the open market to factor in uh, a different tax rate for all 32 teams, um, that would be a little much and a little bit unpredictable as well. So that tends to stay out of our projections for the free agents. Well, Marty, I know you wanted to go in this direction. Rasmus Dahlin yes. is the uh, feature talking point as we hit July 1st, which is the earliest opportunity that the Sabres can announce an extension for the first overall pick in 2018, who's now proven himself to be emerging as one of the top defensemen in the game. What are we looking at, James, as far as uh, Dahlin, term, and dollars? All right, so our projection that we put out for Darlene, um, this was a few weeks ago. It originally came in at seven years, nine million. Now, the way we do our projections, um, we essentially make a market basket, if you will, of comparable players and then their contracts. So what ended up happening with Darlene is uh, this projection, which – uh, would end up being 10.39% of the salary cap when signed. It would put him just under players like Adam Fox and Cal McCarr. It would put him over players like Miro Heiskanen, uh, Thomas Shabbat, Victor Hedman back when he signed his deal with the Lightning. Um, and that, that's a cap hit percentage. Um, I think he'll get a little bit higher than this. There's been some different reports that we could be looking at more 10 million. And I, I want to be very fair and say because of the comparables like an Adam Fox, a Cal McCarr, he's worth that. No, and, and he's absolutely worth that. Now, I should let people know that all your uh, predi- well, projections are all available. Like you tweeted about it. So, at J underscore Finchie one, and we will uh, tweet out your uh, Twitter handle from our Sabres Live account as well. But people can go in and look at them and compare because not only are you guys uh, very open with, okay, this is our projection and this is what the actual player got. Now, I, I know you mentioned Dalene, seven years, nine million on average. It was your projection. It could be more than that. Uh, before we move on to Owen Power, I want to know, have you seen that the numbers have been going over your projection, the same or under so far in contracts that have been signed? So it's kind of a little of both. It, it, it comes with uh, just this process. Um, to give a couple examples, uh, Damon Severson, his contract, we pretty much nailed it as far as the AAV, the average annual value. Um, he ended up getting two extra years than we were projecting for him. I think that might have been just based off the situation of the sign and trade. A little bit of leverage was probably used to say, hey, we want that full max term. Um, so flip side, Gavrikov, Vladislav Gavrikov ends up signing with the Kings he went with a shorter deal than we projected, but he got more money than we were projecting as well. Um, so sometimes it's a little higher. Uh, sometimes we're a little lower. What we really look at, and it's most important to look at this at the end of the off season, we do a calculation. It's the mean absolute error, and it'll give us a number that set essentially says, 
if a contract is more than, let's say, $300,000 off, if that number is 300000 if the contract's more than that, it's a little bit of an outlier from the overall uh, market. If it's less, then it's within what we would expect for that player to receive. Okay, so what about Owen Power? Because I know that in your projection, if you go to the extension candidates tab, you, you guys also put short-term or long-term projection, yeah. right? If it is a bridge, a three-year deal, or if it is a seven-year deal. What can we expect when it comes to Owen Power and his extension that could happen at any moment after July 1 or throughout the season? Yeah, so some of the RFAs, Depending on the need for a possible bridge deal, we, we try to do a short-term uh, projection as well as the long-term. What I would say, and I think it seems like the Sabres may have realized this with Darlene, is when you do that short-term bridge, he's up for a new contract much sooner, and that amount of money is going to skyrocket. So I would expect them to try and go long-term with Owen Power. Um, our long-term projection is a seven-year deal at just over six and a half million. Um, what's tough is when you have a young player like this and it's an extension, he doesn't have to get this done now. So because of that, they can sometimes hold out for a little bit more money. Um, but he should fall into that um, seven, maybe even eight years, the full term, and in that six and a half to seven million dollar range, I, I would think. If I said that six and a half million dollar would be a bargain for Owen Power, would I be like out of whack here? Um, do you remember the Bandits parade up to the ballpark recently? Yes. I would re-envision that, but with everybody cartwheeling at the okay, same time. Okay, yeah, absolutely. If you got Owen Power for eight years at six and a half and maybe Darlene for eight years at ten and Samuelson for eight years at four and change yeah. uh, and possibly another defenseman, I can't do a cartwheel, James, but I will be leading the way up uh, you know, Main Street or Washington Street from the arena to the ballpark in Buffalo. You know the area well. You're located in Rochester, so uh, I'll be leading the way with the cartwheels, and I'll yeah. thank you for your projections leading it that way. How about that? Absolutely. <laughs> James, what's the more what's an intriguing name for you as we approach July 1st because you're not only looking at teams doing extensions unrestricted but unrestricted guys like uh, do you get excited wondering what a veteran like three-time cup winner Pat Kane's gonna get um do you are you looking at younger UFAs that that have the potential to hit the home run for the first time where's your interest so when looking at this free agent class, it's kind of missing that top star name. There's no Johnny Goudreau this year. Um, so that kind of leads me to look at where can we find some good value. Uh, I like the UFA forward market, not right at the top where you might find your Patrick Canes and uh, Ryan O'Reilly. I go down a little bit more, try and look at the second line, third line type forwards. And there, there's two guys that jump out to me based off our projections. So uh, Pierre Engvall, a very, very good defensive forward. Um, and that's not to say the offensive ability isn't there with him. He, there's enough there that you'd be happy giving him, say, a four-year 
roughly $4.1 million contract uh, per year. That That's our projection for him. Um, and then a somewhat similar player, but I think people don't really realize this with him, Tomas Tatar for New Jersey. Well, needs a new contract, so it might not be with New Jersey. We've got him three years at about $3.3, 3400000 When we look at the numbers, we try and use some of the more common uh, box score, box sheet stats like goals and assists, but we also dive in and make sure we're looking at some of those more uh, underlying analytical numbers, the courses, the expected goals. Tomas Tatar is amazing when you look at those type of numbers. And so I, I would say those two guys are really where my focus is. Try and find that middle six forward who can probably outperform his contract. Could the Sabres be finding some value in a right defenseman, top four defenseman maybe? And I'm thinking of a guy like Matt Dumba. Uh, where would the value be at a player like a, a Dumba maybe as a free agent on July 1? Yeah, so our contract projection for Dumba comes in three years uh, at about $4.4 million. Um, if he was a free agent, let's say, two years ago, he'd probably be looking at a much bigger deal. Um, I believe he's had a shoulder injury that has seemed to uh, affect his offensive play a little bit. Um, he's still a solid right shot defenseman and probably could be a good number four, let's say next to Owen Power. Um, but I don't know if that's quite where I would go um, if I'm the Sabres at the okay. three years, 4.4. Uh, Ryan Graves, you have his numbers handy. Oh, yeah, that's been a, a, a Sabres live favorite here with Duffer and I. Ryan Graves. We loved him in Colorado, and then they had to move him. Loved him in New Jersey. Um, he'd fit right in, in my opinion. James, give us something good here. So based off our projections, we're going to be looking at something around five years, $5.1 million. Um, looking out long term, I think that's something the Sabres would be able to make work. I think as you creep up to players who are looking at the $6 million and up range, that's where they might say, eh, we don't want to pay that for our fourth defenseman. But uh, Ryan Graves, I think, would be a very solid defensive presence to really let the more offensive guys shine. James, thank you so much for the insight today. As you know, the draft is ongoing. We've got to get everybody up to date on the Sabres' latest picks and the developments there. We look forward to checking in with you once free agency uh, really ramps up in July and, uh, and moving forward. Thank you so much for the time. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. There's James Finch from AFP Analytics. And again, Marty said we'll uh, definitely get his contact info out there as far as where you can see his work and projections at this critical time of year from a team-building standpoint. And I think the last one with Graves is the term length, that is, might be a little rich at this point in time. Like you don't, I, I don't think you'd need to go that long with somebody to come into the four spot, but we will see. But He's you, 28, so he it's is. not too bad. He's, but – what we're talking about right now is the latest Sabres pick. I know. I'm Marty, we finally have a goalie for you in the form of a fifth-round selection, and that is Scott Ratzleff out of the Seattle Thunderbirds, who, of course, were 
WHL champions and Memorial Cup participants, and Ratzlaff had a nice year, statistically speaking, and now just adds one more to the mix. Well, there's a song that says, all I do is win, 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 no matter what. This guy in the WHL, all he's done is win. He was 25-8 and eight this year mm-hmm. with Seattle. The year prior, he was 17-2-1. and one. I mean, with Seattle, uh, he's posted amazing number. Yes, Seattle was a fantastic team, but uh, you're only a good team if you do have a good goaltender. And obviously, at a younger age, he's been able to be proven to win games. Um, I did not think the Sabres were going to pick a goaltender early in this draft. And I'm saying early, like round five um, is not really early, but there was a run of goalies in the second round and mm-hmm. early third round that I'm thinking, okay, the Sabres will stay away from that, um, which they did not. And, and Kevin Adams talked about that, saying, oh, you know what? I'm not saying picking a goalie every draft is the way to go, but I'm not saying not picking a goalie every draft is the way to go as well. We, we'll see how it goes. Um, so to me, this uh, was a, uh, uh, obviously a goaltender that mm-hmm. maybe was a little lower on the list, but they really liked how he is a winner mm-hmm. and that's important winning games as a goalie is it's not a well it is a team stat but it is a, a massive goalie stat as well can you win games okay we will hopefully hear from the latest selection momentarily but we do want to go back to the one prior and that was big winger ethan Miedema, who met the media a short time ago how does it feel to be a member of the buffalo sabers unreal um I don't even know what to say, like put it into words. Um, you know, I had a good interview with uh, Buffalo at the Combine, and um, yeah, I'm so excited. I, I got no words. What was the reaction when you did hear your name called? Um, just so exciting. Like, I'm really, you know, it's, um, they've already been so welcoming. Um, I'm so excited to, uh, you know, join the organization and, um, you know, hopefully be down there soon to, um, you know, meet everyone else. And um, yeah, again, just super excited. It was a good interview. Did anything in particular stand out that made made it memorable for you? Um, I don't think anything specific. Um, I think just overall, um, you know, answered well with questions, and um, um, you know, I think I walked out of there feeling, you know, fairly well with uh, how it went. What's the vibe you get? How much Sabres have you watched? And what's what's your feeling when you see some of the highlights or you watch the games? Yeah, um, Buffalo's only uh, you know three hours from my actual home. So it's one of the closest teams in, uh, you know, the NHL. So um, that's something that's pretty cool, just being close to home. And, um, yeah, I'm just, again, so excited and um, can't wait to get down there. Um, I think one, actually, yep. A um, long time ago, maybe 2015. So, yeah. Who would you model your game, who do you model your game after? Yeah, I like to say um, Val Nachushkin from Colorado. Um, you know, he's a big body winger and um, plays well and uh, has a strong physical presence as well. And, um, you know, you see him in the playoffs even with Landis Gug being hurt. He's out playing with McKinnon and Rantanen sometimes. And um, just a player that can play in, you know, a lot of different situations. you like to play the physical game more or you like to press press the offense? I think both. Um, I think I'm diverse in that way being six foot four that I kind of have both of those um, different aspects and skills. So, um, you know, a mix of both. Um, was definitely um, kind of a shock. I uh, wasn't um, expecting anything. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm now a Frontenac, and, um, you know, it's an hour and a half away from home. So kind of everything's, um, you know, Kingston's hour and a half, Buffalo's three hours. So 
Um, it's nice, you know, I can see my family a lot more versus um, not way across the country. It's right there. And, um, yeah, but the trade was, um, you know, unexpected, but um, I'm, you know, it's going to work out, and I'm so excited for the next few years in Kingston. What's it like playing, you know, playing in Windsor and then going to Kingston? How's that helped your development? Yeah, definitely different. Um, different systems, different coaching styles, um, different teammates. Um, obviously, Windsor was, um, you know, one seed, and um, Kingston, we were so close to making playoffs, so a little different in that aspect, but um, Kingston's a team that's on the come up, and, um, you know, I've said this in other interviews that, um, you know, we're going to make a big push in this league in the next few years, and, um, you know, we're building up for the next two years, so I think just following along and here's Corey Cooper here the GM so um, yeah just so excited how has it helped you to play in a league against such tough competition yeah I was pretty lucky um, that I was able to play in the OHL as a 16 year old to kind of gain some experience and even um, being with guys like Matt Maggio or Wyatt Johnson Will Cooley in my rookie year um, guys that can just kind of you know help me throughout that rookie year and then um, just kind of showing me the ways it sounds cliche where you watch guys kind of um, go along and say like, oh, they do lots of work after, but you truly do watch and see what they kind of invest and put into themselves, and that's why they're, you know, signed players and going to play in the NHL one day. Ethan, you're uh, a lot of young talent. Yeah, yes, for sure. You're a, you're a skilled player, but you play a little aggressive and kind of edgy. Is the aggressiveness and edginess something you want to kind of rain down or ramp up? I think I think it's a bit of both. Um, I think I have both aspects, um, kind of like um, – you know, Joe said so I think it's just having um, both aspects of you know being skilled but also playing that power forward game and um, having both aspects of it. Do you feel like you're really getting a comfort late in the regular season you know once you were settled in and kind of got used to maybe a different system different yeah. line mates and whatnot? For sure um, that was that's exactly it it took a little longer from going from um, Windsor to Kingston but um, again so happy to be in Kingston and um, you know it's working out and I know these next two years are going to be great. Um, I think I just found my rhythm. Um, obviously, a little later than I would have wanted to. I wish that um, you know we had more regular season games or was able to make the playoffs and you know push for um, some wins in the playoffs. But at the end of the day, um, you know we didn't make it, and we're looking forward to next year as a group. And like I already said, we're going to make a big push in the next two years. Um, no. Um, pretty new, but also it's not like I'm going um, way across the country. Like I said, it's three hours from home. So um, just obviously meeting the guys at the combine, and it's pretty lucky seeing the rink at the combine and seeing the room. It's um, it's pretty, it's really nice. Um, so yeah, super excited. Yeah, he's a he's a player. Um, just remembering him from top prospect game, um, you know, U17 events, any other um, you know Canadian events. So yeah, he's. Um, He's a really good player, and uh, yeah, I have a lot to say about him. What do you like about him? Yeah. I mean, he finished, I think, top five in scoring in the WHL as an 05, so um, that first is something to say, and um, you take along even picks before that, Savoy, his teammate, years before, and um, other previous guys that, you know, again, a young team that's on the come up as well. 
Our swinger Ethan Miedema out of the Ontario Hockey League, and he was taken 109th. Buffalo's been uh, adding to it, and Marty, this might be a quick enough pace that we could have the last pick in right when this show is winding down today. There's only about 50 to go, and uh, the Sabres have two remaining at 173 and 205. But regardless, we will talk more about the latest selection, which was a netminder in Scott Ratzleff out of the uh, Western Hockey League champion Seattle Thunderbirds. His sound and discussion about his game straight ahead here on Sabres Live from the Draft in Nashville. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.